Nathan, have you seen the uh, the cast listing that dropped for this new animated Mario movie that's coming out next year? I have not uh, seen anything about it yet. Uh, I didn't even know there was a Mario movie coming up yet. I don't think anyone did. Um, I am a nerd, and I watch all the Nintendo presentations that they do every so often to, you know, stay abreast on, like, the new games and happenings in the video game world, and... Uh, all of a sudden, it was announced that there's a Mario animated movie coming out next holiday season, and the cast is... Um, I, I, I deadass thought it was a parody, because some of the names in here, they don't make any sense on the surface. So we're talking Mario. We're talking like Italian plumbers. We're talking... Uh, Bowser, big turtle dragon thing. We're talking talking mushrooms. And here's the cast list that they got. Chris Pratt is your lead playing Mario. A little out of left field there. Taking a break from his uh, saving the world from dinosaurs. You know, that may actually end up being fitting if, uh, if they sneak in a Yoshi appearance here. I had to burp there. That could Sorry. be. Maybe Yoshi is like uh, whatever he calls his pet velociraptor in the Jurassic world. Here, Beta, or whatever. I I had done such a good job of blocking that movie out of my memory banks. Just, they massacred my, my one of my favorite movie franchises. Just butchered it. They are turned- you out on, are you out on both of those or uh, just the latter? I, I didn't even see the second one because of what they did with the first one. Are they still treating velociraptors as fucking dogs? Oh, I mean, if you weren't in on the first one, the second one uh, definitely is going to take you even more out of the equation. I, I enjoyed the uh, first one, but the second one was not anything to write home about. Like, they lost me once they were playing fetch with a pack of velociraptors. Like I can suspend my disbelief as a moviegoer that there is an amusement park with giant dinosaurs that have been bred from little tiny DNA from a, a mosquito in tree sap for, all the way back to the original. I can suspend my disbelief for that. Uh, a, a raptor named Rover who's like fetching a tennis ball and eating kibble. Like you've lost me there. You've absolutely lost me, and it further cemented in my mind, Chris Pratt, asshole. Hmm. For no other reason than what he did to my my poor, poor Jurassic Park. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to disagree. I could, if, if Chris Pratt stared into my eyes with those baby blues, I think I would, I would listen to those commands. Okay, so what are you going to do when Mario, the Italian plumber with, like, jet black facial hair and and hair all over his head, all of a sudden he's got baby blue eyes and he's staring at you saying, Mamma mia, in a butchered Italian accent. Probably just about as good as that one was. In that situation, I might say uh, everything might not be awesome. Are you going to eat his spicy meatballs then, Nathan? slurp up some spaghetti with him i think i need i need my chris pratt in the flesh for for the full effect i don't know if uh it'll just carry over if it's his voice coming through 
uh, Mario, especially, especially a Mario. If you mm. close your eyes and just visually put Chris Pratt's face on top of an animated Mario body, does that do it for you? No, that that takes me further away. That does not do it at all. Do you look at Chris Pratt in Jurassic World like Stugatz looks at Tony? Are we here, no, Nathan? Quite, Did we just uncover something? I, mean, I, I appreciate... Um, the work that he has put in and, you know, encourages me for motivation, uh, for myself. Um, but I don't think it's, it's not Stu Gatsian levels, but I'd say, you know, I have my tears of here are actors that are going to get me to the theater and Chris Pratt's definitely one of them. So can I share something with you? This is the the fan Levitard show, by the way, if in case you haven't figured this out, we are uh, we're in the middle of a very important conversation. I'm Ty. That's Nathan. Uh, I want to share something with you while we're on the subject of Jurassic Park. Um, one of my dear friends has what I believe to be an absolutely ridiculous uh, celebrity crush from a movie. And is Jeff Goldblum from the original Jurassic Park, specifically after he has been attacked by the T-Rex and is laying on like a surgery bed or something or like a metal slab table with his shirt open and just like chest hanging out. Uh, I have been told that that is a sploosh worthy for this particular friend of mine. And that's a take. For me, I remember the voice of Jeff Goldblum when he's splayed out on that table, uh, directing who's the actor who's going through like the system, trying to restart the park for me, his voice for me is yeah. Laura Dern is iconic. And I sometimes, uh, emulate it when giving directions to people, uh, just the way how he's like, look above you. Do you see the pipes? All right. You're going to want to find the biggest pipe up there follow it it my friend is trying to find jeff goldblum's big pipe circa (laughs) circa 1993 (laughs) also while we're on the subject laura dern in that movie the absolute oldest looking 20 something year old in cinema history that's how old she was during that movie she was in her 20s supposedly yes Oh, she was supposed she was playing someone or actually, you know what? in their 20s. Let's see. Uh, she was born in 67 and Jurassic Park came out in 93. So she would have been 26. Yeah. Oldest looking 26 year old, especially when paired up against the old ass looking Sam Neill, his grouchy ass. God, that was such a good movie, though, dude. When was the last time you watched that? Oh, it's been a it's been a long time. I I saw it when they put it back out in theaters again, and it definitely it's crazy. Like in terms of old movies, that's one of them that just holds up in terms of the viewing experience. Um, that's definitely an all timer. What they were able to do of just making the dinosaurs like come to life on the screen. So that might even be the last time I saw it was when it was in theaters. But that's one of those where like if it's on TV you're stopping and watching for a couple minutes, like no matter where it is. Like I couldn't, I couldn't name a part of Jurassic park where it's like, it's at this part. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. Like every part of that movie 
is tremendous. If you're if you're flipping through the TV and you find Jurassic Park and you stop watching after a couple of minutes, you have incredible self restraint because once that once that image pops up on my TV, I'm stuck. I don't care what point of the movie it is, I am in for the rest of it. For those of you out there uh, looking to watch Jurassic Park, I believe it is on uh, HBO Max. So if you have an HBO Max subscription, I think you can watch all of the Jurassic Park movies. Just don't watch. Uh, Jurassic World because it's a bastardization of a once great franchise. Um, tangent aside, uh, going back to where we started with this animated Mario movie, other highlights Anya Taylor Joy is Peach. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Horrible Bosses is Luigi. Jack Black is Bowser. Keegan Michael Key from Key and Peel is Toad. And Possibly the biggest surprise of them all, Seth Rogen is in this as Donkey Kong. And my question for you, Nathan, is this. Is Nintendo going to be okay with a depiction of Donkey Kong high as fuck in this movie? Because that's the only role that Seth Rogen knows how to play. I'm going to say Nintendo is going to roll with it. If you know what I'm saying there. Um, That's a rolling a joint joke. I do believe. You got it. <laughs> I just wonder like if it's one of these things where, because when I look at it, I'm like, you know, that's a pretty top notch cast. But is it one of those where you have two kind of iconic vying uh, things where Mario is, of course, iconic and has iconic sound for what that should be like? And all of those actors that you list, like they're very well known by their voice. I'm thinking Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, Jack Black, like all those, you hear their voices, you know, it's them that's talking. So are they going to be able to, will it be a distraction if you're sitting there knowing like this is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? Like, what do you want if you're a Mario fan? Do you want an actor that you don't know doing like a good Donkey Kong or do you want someone that you're like, Oh, that's, that's Seth Rogen. Like I know him, uh, right away. Does that pull you out of that experience or does it enhance it? Well, the second that Mario opens his mouth on the screen and Chris Pratt's voice comes out, it's going to be off putting and it's going to be unnerving for a couple of reasons. One, again, Mario is supposed to be an Italian plumber, uh, Chris Pratt, to my knowledge, not Italian, does not have any hint of Italian in his voice. And B, um, in the Mario mythos, Mario doesn't really talk. He doesn't really have a whole lot to say other than Mamma Mia or Wah! when he gets hit with something. Like, if that's the only that good. If that's the only dialogue Chris Pratt's doing, then then fair play. But. I, I just don't understand, like, most of these characters don't have dialogue, and so it's going to be incredibly uh, jarring, really, to hear them open their voices, to open their mouths and have dialogue come out, not dissimilar to when they did the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie back in the 90s sometime. Um, it was incredibly jarring to see two like middle-aged men supposedly being Mario and Luigi. And then it only got worse from there. Like I, I don't, I legitimately don't know if this is going to be good. I think the studio doing this has a good track record, but I, 
I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about this. This this has the the trappings of the the live action Mario Brothers movie all over again, albeit with a better cast, at least on the surface. Is Mario one of those things that Hollywood should just try to walk away from and leave as just a game that may never be a successful adaptation? I just don't know what they want to do with it, I guess, is my thing. Like, what what new ground can they plow that hasn't already been done in the various iterations of the games and stuff like that? Like, on its very surface, it's Mario. It's not this you know, super deep lore rich universe where, you know, it's incredibly story driven. Every game is basically a copy and paste of the same, um, the same storyline. Peach gets kidnapped by Bowser. Mario goes to rescue her at the end. Like that, that's all there is really to it. This is not some complex weaving narrative that has twists and turns. Like it's, it, you, you, you run to the, you run to the right and you stomp on a Goomba. Like that's, that's it. That's, that's the premise. So I guess I don't really know what they're going to go for. And if they try to build out this world into like some big epic narrative or something like that, I just feel like it's going to be weird. Like that, that's, that's my biggest thing. Like it's going to be weird. Um, kind of like what they tried to do with the, uh, the Sonic, the Hedgehog movie that they released the trailer for, and it was horrifying. Everybody got terrified and then they had to go and redo the entire animation because they completely bought Sonic. If Bowser does not look like Bowser, if Toad does not look like Toad, if Donkey Kong is just a monkey, we're going to have problems. And again, that's before they start talking. I don't have I don't have high hopes for this. If this thing is average at best, I would say that's a win because it's going to make a ton of money. What if a uh, post credit scene, uh, Nick Fury alongside Zelda recruits them to join the Avengers or create their own Nintendo universe, cinematic universe? <laughs> the NCU? Um... Okay, okay. I you know I was a out. big head golden eye <laughs> at the very end. A very large headed Pierce Brosnan. Okay, I I will say this. If Master Hand at the end of this movie breaks through a portal and lifts Mario up and drops him onto a giant wooden desk, I'm back in. I am a hundred percent back in. If they want to build out a Nintendo cinematic universe based around like the Super Smash Brothers games and stuff like that, 100% in. You've got me there because they tried to do a narrative there and there's there's potential there. I don't think Mario itself can carry, but listen, you pair Mario up with uh, with Zelda and Samus and Kirby in there for comedic relief and Pikachu. Now we got something brewing here. Now we're making some sauce. That's a spicy meat to ball. Delicious, it'd go down easy. It just occurred to me how incredibly nerdy the opening of this podcast has been. Uh, so shout out to anyone who is still writing with us at this point in the episode. You're you're a real one if you're still here. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of just rolled into that. Um, but I guess I'll throw it back to you, Nathan. Um, 
what is what is on your mind? What do you want to discuss today? Anything jumping out at you, show, sports, or otherwise, to get back on track? Uh, I think Levitard show related. I enjoyed the uh, new parody song that was that they played uh, this week. Um, I think it was an excellent choice with the uh, how the. Wahoo, except stoo-hoo. Um, that kind of got pulled me in like right away where it didn't matter much uh, what was happening uh, after that. So great uh, song choice. And it just got me thinking, uh, have you ever tried or thought about like a show parody song? So first off, to give credit, uh, Steve Arduini was the one who did uh, the parody song that you're referring to called Song Stew, a parody of uh, Song 2 by Blur. And yeah, it was it was really well done. To answer your question, have I ever tried to do a parody song? Yes. Um, it's actually one of the things that I do in my free time a lot is I like to parody songs about just random things going on in my household or going on with my wife or my cats or or work or something like that. I'll just be singing random lyrics in my head. And so hearing that, you would think that I would be much better at putting together inspiration for Levitard songs since I am such a big fan of the show. But I'm not. I'm really bad. The uh, I've got actually... I've got a couple here that I kind of worked out lyrics for, um, but I am not musically inclined, so I never did anything with them. But I can read you the lyrics if you would like, and you can tell me just how good or bad they actually are. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit of it. All right. So the one I feel the best about is to the tune of Bruno Mars's song, Natalie. Are you familiar? No, I'm not uh, familiar with that one. So it goes a little bit like, Natalie, she ran away with all my money, and she did it for fun. So it goes, it goes a little bit like that. And I had an idea for a song for Chris Whittingham shortly after he joined the show, and it went a little something like this. <clears throat> Whittingham, he ran away with all my airtime, and he did it for fun. Whittingham, he may be smart, but he's not funny. Tell everyone, yeah, I'm getting shirtless because of this other Chris. Watch out, he's slick. Look out for a sneaky new guy. Hey, Whittingham, if you see him, tell him I'm coming. I have a child. And that song is supposed to be from the perspective of Chris Cody, uh, intimidated and worried about this new Chris who's coming mm-hmm. in and taking in all his airtime. I like it. I like the uh, premise that you uh, have for it. I think when I think of uh, Chris Whittingham and his uh, evolution on this show, one of the recent things that sticks out to me is he was very harsh towards cats recently. Oh, um, this. I wonder if he even, you know, fits what you're going for with that song now when he took out cats big time. No, no, no. Listen, I'm I'm so glad you brought this up cuz listen. If if I were musically inclined, I would ether every single member of the shipping container 
outside of Smeddy. This is now a Smeddy fan podcast. This is not a Dan Levitard fan podcast. This is the fan uh, Smeddy show, the 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 Fetty show or some shit like that. I don't know, but I am really, really mad at most of the shipping container. I'm talking Witty, Tony, Roy, Chris, Billy. I'm talking to all of you. Witty, you are the worst offender, and I hope you hear this because I want you to know that Every single one of you is so dead wrong about cats. You put some respect on the felines. These are majestic creatures. They are friendly creatures. They are tremendous pets. And I'm sorry that you have had bad experiences with them. But you know what? Cats, they're very intelligent creatures. They're very perceptive. If you are loving and accepting of a cat, it will be your best friend. My two cats over here might as well be dogs with how friendly and loyal they are. But no, 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 no. I suspect Witty goes around. He's the person that goes over to someone's house, see they has a cat, and is like, Ugh, I don't want it. Keep it away from me. It, it, it hops up on the couch, tries to rub up against him, pushes it right off. I can see him being that type of asshole. Witty, cats are not shitty animals. They're not shitty pets. They're tremendous. They are phenomenal. And you know what? If you weren't such an asshole to them, you would probably realize that. Because the nicer you are to a cat, the nicer they're going to be to you. Ask Ron McGill. Ron McGill would second this. I 100% guarantee it. He would back me up on this, that cats, majestic, beautiful animals. And Smeddy is dead on. They're not bad animals. They're misunderstood. And that's the whole thing. So misunderstood. I feel like dog people, they, they, they go in with these expectations that, that these cats, oh, why, why, why can't these cats just be like dogs? Just, oh, look at the stick. Go get the stick. Bring it back. Just dumb as shit. No, cats are, are much too smart about that. And I don't mean to take out dogs in there, but I, I, I've, I'm a cat guy. I've got multiple cats. They're, they're some of my best friends. I love them to death. And I'm very defensive about cats. Nobody's perfect but no like i mean nathan we we've never discussed this are you are what where do you where do your allegiances lie are you a dog or a cat guy do i have to get a new co-host here or not well be careful i am a dangerous game guy (laughs) i have a dog no cats um but i just you know even though i'm a dog guy Witty's words were harsh. Cats, cats don't deserve to be taken out like that. I've known a few good cats here and there, but I do tend to go more on the dog side. Although, I mean, dogs are a lot of work. You know, we have a five-month-old uh, uh, Weimaraner, and it's a lot of work. Those dogs are incredibly pack driven which means they need to be around you a lot and cats they don't need to be around you all the time so that is definitely a benefit of being a cat owner is you know they're they can they can deal without you versus you know if i'm gonna go out to dinner i got well it can't be too long because i can't leave my five-month-old puppy yep you know, dinner and a movie, that's that's pushing it. I might come home to a 
uh, poop filled situation here. Um, so I, I am a dog person, but I don't think cats deserve to be taken out. I think Nathan, Woody needs to explain himself. Nathan, that is a great shout on you because I failed to mention cats are strong, independent animals. Dogs, like you said, very needy, very, very needy, very reliant. You can't leave them alone too long. I could leave for a weekend, put some bowl, put some food in a bowl, put some water in a bowl. Boom. I could, I could leave for a week. They would come back and they'd be fine. Cats are strong, independent pets that don't need no man. Strong, independent pets that don't need no human. Dogs, you can't say that. Now, if you need a, if you are someone who requires a needy pet, who requires constant doting and affection, that's fine. I'm not here to knock you. But listen, to, to sideswipe an entire species is just rude. And Nathan, you know, I can see the look of concern on your face. And I just want you to know, even though you're a dog guy, I'm not going to be too rough on you. You can give yourself the loser game show sound there as well. Um, I appreciate that, though. You know, dogs, cats. Why can't we all just get along, you know? I was very surprised, honestly, at, at how many people in the shipping container jumped on board very quickly, like no hesitation. Roy was in there, shitty animal. Tony was in there, shitty animal. Chris was in there, shitty animal. Billy was in there with a eh, at the very end, which for Billy, I feel like is a, a pretty strong take. And so like, you know, I've had, I've had witty on the show. I've had Tony on the show, delightful folks, but you know, I don't know if the show can maintain a relationship with them. If, if these are the opinions that they're going to be espousing on their own show, on their own network. I mean, it's frankly, they're hateful. They're hateful. They're discriminatory. I'm offended. And I, frankly, I would like an apology as a cat owner, as an owner of cats. I would like an apology from every single one of them. And one does start to become concerned as, you know, the darker side of Chris Whittingham has come out and we've all heard the accusations of murderer that have been bounced about on the show. And that's mm -hmm. not something that we take lightly. And we know that where do some murderers or as some like to call them serial killers get started with animals. And I, I fear for the cats of Miami. And I just wonder if Whittingham was at that Miami game, if he would have let that cat fall. How do you think the cat got up there? I'm thinking Whitty put the cat up there, deliberately put it in harm's way. Moreover, I will posit this theory. As we all know, Chris Whittingham gels his hair before laying down in bed. Now, no rational person would do that. It would ruin your pillow. Unless you had a very special material that you wouldn't be too worried about damaging or ruining. What about a pillow in a pillowcase made out of cat fur from the cats that he's been skinning and storing in his freezer because he's a maniac and a serial killer, allegedly? Yeah, and all this starts with an oven alarm. 
each morning. That's that's your alarm clock, and that's that's a warning sign for me that something's off there. It's those odd uh, eccentricities that stand out that probably would make for a compelling true crime podcast. I mean, listen, I hope Chris Winningham has never killed anybody. I hope no one has to know where the bodies are buried, but I'm saying I feel pretty confident in this. If there are bodies to be discovered, I feel like they're going to be that of neighborhood cats. And, you know, I don't know what the story is going to look like. I don't know what Meadowlark is going to look like, but I think it's going to be really interesting when Haberstrow has to pick up a second job doing the true crime podcast on Chris Whittingham. And I considered him a friend of this podcast too. He gave me good advice. He was delightful on the show, but witty, you're no lad. You're no lad of mine. You're just a guy, a fancy guy, likes to walk around with a Pomeranian or some shit. What's a fancy dog, Nathan? You know dogs. What's a fancy dog? I think a Pomeranian would be good. If you want to really up it, you go Palm Ski, which is a cross between a Pomeranian and a Husky. That, that is the height of fanciness. A Palm Ski sounds like a douchey dog. Something a fancy guy would walk. So yeah, witty. You you probably walk a ponsky, pomsky, ponsky. Do its hair before it goes to bed. Gel it up. <laughs> I can totally imagine Chris Whittingham gelling up his dog's hair. Like if it's a longer haired dog, just doing it. He's got the widow peak at the top too. <sighs> this guy he really gets my goat, man. I love Woody. Make it right, Chris. Public apology on behalf of cats. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't. I, the last thing I want to do is start a beef with anybody on the show. I love this show. We both love this show. I'm trying to build bridges here. But this bridge that I've been trying to build with the show, I feel like Witty put dynamite underneath it. And he pushed the plunger and blew it all to shit. I just don't know how it's going to recover. Like... I'm wounded. This is everywhere. Can you see it in my face? I'm wounded. When when yeah. I listened to that for the first time, I was sitting in my car. I had just pulled into my driveway, and they all started going off. And Woody talked about how shitty of an animal a cat was, and I audibly reacted like I was punched in the chest. I just went no, like that was the sound I made out loud to myself in my car in my driveway. No just hurt like i just watched someone stab my best friend no don't do it etuite why do it you just like you just watched somebody try to remake jurassic park yeah like i watched chris i watched chris pratt play fetch with a fucking velociraptor terrible in a front to my senses everything It hurt me physically. It hurt me emotionally. It hurt me spiritually. It gave me religion and then took it away. I'm a wounded man. A husk of what I used to be. Before I listened to that mystery crate. 
And I'm just so sitting you might here. Say, you might say Whittingham has you feline sad. I'm just a man with a podcast, microphone, and a couple of cats. Just asking for an apology. It's all I want. It's all I need. Maybe another appearance on the show to apologize to my face. That that would, you know, that would be ideal. Um, Explain his radiclaw statement. All I know is I was incredibly disappointed. And... I can't have him littering the airwaves with those terrible opinions. I can't do it. It's positively disgraceful. And I, I mean, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not. I would like an apology, he's, an apology, if you will. He's going to have to persuade you that he's a good guy. Man. I don't want beef. Nathan, you and I have talked about this off air. I'm not a beef doer. I'm not confrontational. I don't do that shit. It's not in my DNA. I'm not built that way. I'm too anxious to do beefs. But listen, I do feel wronged. And I'm going to I'm going to stick on this. I'm like a dog with a bone on this. I'm getting that apology from Chris Whittingham specifically. And he can apologize for the rest of the shipping container if he wants to. They don't all have to come on. It would, of course, be welcome, but they don't have to. But someone needs to come and apologize on behalf of the show to me directly. I will hold my cats up to the goddamn camera. They don't even have to. I'll put the headphones on them. He can apologize to them because they're the ones who are really hurt. They're little precious furry ears. Little kitty ears. Herschel with his little clipped ear. Because that's just what they do to cats sometimes. They just want love, Nathan. Not only apologize, but he needs to say he's never ever going to do that again. Wait a meow mint. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>